Hi, welcome to Behind the Lighthouse, short stories from Byron Bay and beyond, where we bring you short stories created by amazing writers living in the Northern Rivers, Australia, the Byron Bay hinterland, so to speak. And I'm your host, Steve Nossiter. The Northern Rivers is Bundjalung country. As part of this storytelling, I'd like to acknowledge the Bundjalung people, the traditional custodians of the land on which we writers live. And we pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. We've all had one. A moment that at first glance seems fairly mundane, fairly everyday, but sticks with us in profound and life-altering ways. In this short story, Darius takes us into one of these real experiences, beautifully written and revealing a raw and vulnerable edge. We're invited to sit in on this fragile exchange between the writer and a young hitchhiker. Enjoy this short story called It Was Raining by Darius Devas. It Was Raining Written and read by Darius Devas. It was raining. I didn't feel like stopping. Her thumb was out so half-heartedly, I wasn't even sure if she was hitching, but because it was raining, I stopped. It was a half an hour drive home, and I'd wanted to call a friend... Driving's my favourite time to call people. She came running up to the van. Where are you going, I asked. Um, where are you going, she replied. Just to Byron. Uh, okay, great, yeah. I'll go to Byron too then. I was baffled by this sentence. It was clear that she was basically going to go the direction of wherever the driver was going. It felt so vulnerable and precarious. She got into the van and I introduced myself, and I took the opportunity to take her in. She was probably only in her early twenties, heavily caked with makeup which covered her acne scars, but she was strikingly beautiful in her own way. She had eyes that were piercing yet soft. There was all this food in her bags. It looked like she'd been dumpster diving and some cream bun type thing had smeared all over the inside of her bag. She asked if I had something to wipe it with, which I did, and she attempted to clean it. Then she asked if I lived in my van. When I said no, she asked where I lived, and then sheepishly asked if she could stay with me. It occurred to me that if I wanted to, I could probably sleep with her. This gave me this jolt of both shame and excitement. I knew I'd never do it, but the thought was there. I wondered if that had happened before. As politely as I could, I declined. I felt sorry for her, but at the same time I was regretting picking her up, at having to face the reality of her life and know that shortly I'd just leave it all behind, having done little to help her. Then she suddenly said, Oh shit, I left a bag, can we go back and get it? I really did not want to do this. 
I wanted to say, no, if you want to go back, you'll have to get out here and sort it out. It made me feel resentful that she'd asked. I'd been really tired over the last couple of days and just wanted to go home and relax. Instead, I silently sighed and said, sure thing. We drove back to where I'd picked her up, but then she started directing me to the other side of the town, to a laundromat. This further compounded my resentment. We arrived at the laundromat, and I double-parked while she ran in to get the bag. She was probably out of the van for about 30 seconds, and in that time I decided to let go of the resentment and reframe the situation. I thought, what can I offer her? I'm a good listener. Perhaps having someone to share her story to might be therapeutic. So when we were back on the road, I summoned up the courage. I was nervous and struggling to find the exact words, but just gave it a go. So you seem like a really good person. I totally understand if you don't want to answer this question, but how does someone like you end up with nowhere to go on a rainy Sunday afternoon? The energy in the car got tight as soon as I started the sentence and she tersely replied, that's none of your business. I'm not your problem to fix. I meekly replied, yeah, I I totally respect that. We drove on in an awkward silence for a few minutes before she asked me how my day had been. It was a peace offering. I told her about the dance class I'd just been to and how I love to dance. That's nice, she said. I felt a bit embarrassed about my privileged reality. She started texting on her phone and then made a phone call. Julio, hey, it's Jazz. Yeah, I know. I lost my phone, but I still had your number. Yeah. I'm coming into the bay now. What are you up to? I was wondering if maybe we could hang and maybe I could stay for a bit. I could help clean and stuff. Oh, really? Oh, when'd you move up there? Okay. Are the crew still living at that same house? At this point she paused, and then, as if summoning up the energy to say it, said, Hey, would you mind asking them if I could stay there anyway? She listened to his response, and then, with a sudden burst of enthusiasm and excitement, said, Really? Oh my god, that would be so amazing! There was something so childlike and innocent in the hope embedded in those few words. We drove on in silence again for a few minutes. She received a text. I'm not exactly sure how I knew, but I knew it wasn't the news she wanted. We drove on through the main roundabout in town, and I turned up towards the beach. I wanted a moment to watch the waves before going home. I double-parked and said, I'll let you out here. I'd decided I would give her $20. I felt a bit embarrassed about this. There was some part of me that felt like I was just trying to buy my way out of actually having to face her situation. She was too distracted gathering up her bags to see me get out my wallet and take out the cash. I handed her two fives and a ten and said, Here's something to help you out. At first she froze and then said, 
No, I can't take it. But I want you to have it. I'm going to pay you back, though. Give me your number. I said she didn't have to, but she insisted. She put her bags back down on the floor and rummaged to find her phone. I wanted to cry with the sincerity and hope in her voice. I knew she'd never pay me back, but in that moment, her intention was absolute. I typed my name and number into her phone. She looked at me and said, Thank you. And she leant across and hugged me. It was a very light and soft hug, and tears welled up in my eyes. She got out of the van and walked away into the rain with her bags. It was a stark contrast to the fancy shops that cluttered the street with their fancy wares. I drove up to the beach car park and watched the waves. The swell was big and I knew I was too tired to surf it. So I just watched the raw ocean pound on the shoreline. Thanks for joining me. If you like this story, please consider subscribing to this podcast and maybe even leaving a little review. For now, we'll see you next time round with another short story from Behind the Lighthouse. Short stories from Byron Bay and beyond. Behind the Lighthouse was written, recorded and produced by Steve Nossiter. Me. At Arcane Studios in Ganella Bar. The music was also composed by me.